0: Hello and welcome to Talking Payments with EMVCO, the podcast that goes beyond the now to give you insight into the technologies and initiatives that are shaping the future of payments. I'm your host, Simon Klein, EMVCO's Director of Communications, and I'm once again joined by my colleagues, Brian Byrne, a payments industry veteran and EMVCO's Director of Engagement Operations, and Bastien Laje, a leading global expert on payments technology and EMV Co's technology consultant. Today, we are exploring EMV3D Secure, known as EMV3DS and how it helps fight e-commerce fraud and checkout friction to support safe and convenient online shopping. And to find out about the latest update to EMV3DS of version 2.3, I'll also be speaking with the chair of EMVCO's 3DS Working Group, Alint Chao. To start with Brian, and for any listeners who may be unfamiliar with 3DS, can you provide a quick overview of what EMV3DS is and the challenges it addresses? Sure, Simon.
1: You know, as we all know, more and more consumers are shopping online and using various devices. But as we've talked about on previous episodes, e-commerce fraud is a huge problem, which makes authenticating the individual, making the payment, critically important. But this process of authentication can't create unnecessary friction that would lead to card abandonment or false declines. EMV3DS is an e-commerce fraud prevention technology that addresses these challenges by enabling consumer authentication for card non present purchases without adding unnecessary friction to the checkout process.
0: Thanks, Brian. Bastian, could you take us through how EMV 3DS has evolved over time?
2: Happy to do it, Simon. So um, since 2016, with the release of EMV uh, 3DS 2.0 specification, EMVCO has owned and managed the development of the EMV3DS specs. Um, a key feature of uh, version 2 is to support if the support of um, mobile app-based authentication. EMV3DS version 2.1 was then published in 2017 by EMVCo, uh, enabling new features such as merchant-initiated account verification and improvement to out-of-band authentication transaction flows. For an announced consumer experience and support for in app authentication. Then finally, in 2018, uh, EMV uh, two was published, EMV 3DS 2.2 was published to uh, factor changes in light of Europe's strong customer authentication regulations. It also brought new features such as um, the 3DS requester initiated payments, 3 ri uh, and uh, decoupled authentication. And the most recent update, you mentioned that EMV 3DS version 2.3 was published in September this year.
0: Thanks, Bastian. To learn more about the version 2.3 update, I spoke with Lin Chao, Chair of EMV Co's EMV 3DS Working Group, to discuss the latest functionality and how it can benefit online payments. Thank you for joining us on Talking Payments with Envico Alint. To start with, what is the primary objective of the update
3: delivered by 3DS version 2.3? Hi, Simon. The main purpose of the 3DS 2.3 update is to continue the work of EMV 3 ds to improve the fraud-fighting capability for issuers, acquirers and merchants and optimize the consumer payment experience across channels and devices. The CDS version 2.3 includes a number of updates. Number one, designated to increase the flexibility for optimizing EMV CDS implementation across multiple channels and devices. Number two, it helps issuers to identify fraudulent transactions more quickly and accurately. And number three, it streamlines the authentication process for consumers to improve the overall payment experience. Thanks
0: for that overview, Alint. I understand one of the key enablers of these advantages is device
3: binding. Can you explain what this is? Yes, Simon, of course. Device binding is similar to the trust-listing enhancement where a consumer can designate their trusted digital merchant and skip additional authentication during subsequent visits for more frictionless payment experience. And with this new feature, device binding, consumers can specify that they would like to be remembered on their device so that they can skip additional authentication during subsequent payment. This supports quicker authentication for future purchases. And talking about the quicker authentication, 3DS version 2.3 also allows for automated autoband transaction, allowing consumers to seamlessly switch between the merchant application and the authentication applications. The 3DS version 2.3 update will also improve the recurring transaction data and EMV payment token data to help issuer to better identify transactions, simplifying the authentication process.
0: Alint, you mentioned automated out-of-band transitions. How will these impact the checkout experience?
3: Well, by automating the auto-band transaction, CDS version 2.3 is providing an easier way for consumers to confirm a transaction in case where the authentication through another channel is required. For example, some transactions require a user to manually navigate away from the checkout page and onto their mobile banking application to confirm the purchase. This could take several steps for the consumers to manually switch or following a push notification to leave the merchant app and then authenticate in mobile banking app and then back onto the merchant app. So automation of the transaction between the merchant app and the banking app when auto-bank authentication is needed, simplifies and speed up the checkout for consumers.
0: Thanks for that explanation, Alint. A bit more overview um, question. How does the new EMV 3DS 2.3 specification
3: accommodate different technical working environments? From an implementation perspective, the EMV 3DS version 2.3 specification will allow for more flexibility to support different technical environments. The specification introduces a new split SDK model with different variants. Alin, can I just jump in for a second? Um, You've just referred to something called a
0: split SDK model. What exactly is that? And and what what role does it play within
3: 3DS 2.3? I like to the default SDK that's currently using in 3DS version 2.1 and 2.2, which is located in a single place. Example, the 3DS requested app on consumer's device. The split SDK changes this model by introducing an architecture, a new architecture where some of the functionalities do not run on the device, but instead on a separate server. And without diving into the technical details, the end result of using Split SDK is that it is easier to implement EmoCDS across both traditional and non-traditional e-commerce payment channels, devices, and payment scenarios.
0: Thanks, Alin. That, that really does give us a good understanding about the role of Split SDK. And, and thank you for joining us on Talking Payments with Invico today. Thank you so much. A big thanks to Alin for joining us on the podcast. Bastian, Brian, just digging a little deeper into some of the points mentioned, Lynn talked about traditional and non-traditional channels. What do these mean within the context of emv 3DS bastion?
2: So the, the traditional channels include either a mobile or a computer. Non-traditional channels might be what uh, we considered as IoT devices. For example, I can now make a purchase using my voice when using a smart speaker or TV. And think, for example, of the use case uh, where you are driving your family to a ski resort. At the back, your children watch, uh, want to watch a movie, uh, but you need to confirm payment. Voice could be, could be an option. So EMV3DS can authenticate cardholders across all these channels and connected devices. This means merchants can implement a consistent approach across multiple platforms and digital channels for cardholder authentication or account verification, regardless of, of location.
0: Another concept we hear a lot about is frictionless payments. Brian, what does this mean in terms of EMV3DS?
1: I think one thing we have to remember is no one actually likes paying for anything. Uh, So when that payment happens, we want it to be as smooth and easy and frictionless as possible. So EMV3DS further enhances this exchange of data between merchants and issuers so that issuers can better... evaluate the transaction associated risks and the consumer performing it. And then that information is going to be used to determine the level of authentication required without adding unnecessary friction to the payment process. And this should translate into higher transaction approval rates without a step up challenge. And it means that for most transactions, the consumer clicks or taps online and then the payment is just approved. However, for those transactions that issuers determine as is higher risk, such as those made from maybe a new device or transactions for an unusually large amount, or maybe it's an unspe- unexpected transaction type, you know, a challenge may be needed to authenticate the cardholder. EMV3DS 2.3 also includes enhancements that simplify the challenge process for consumers to confirm the transaction, minimizing friction for all the parties involved,
0: can you outline any industry example where EMV3DS is being adapted to support specific use cases?
1: Well, as Bastian and Alint mentioned, the specifications are extremely flexible and have become even more so with the latest update to EMV3DS. One good example would be the travel industry. The travel industry is one where a lot of sensitive information, such as addresses, travel details, and even passport numbers, can be required to make a transaction. For this reason, the travel industry is targeted regularly by fraudsters. According to IATA, the International Air Travel Association, airline card sales are regularly exposed to fraud, costing an amount that's estimated to be close to 1 billion US dollars a year. Invico has made strides to specifically support the travel industry in tackling this problem by working alongside industry leaders to define additional information that can be used to verify customer authenticity when booking.
2: Yes, Brian, and another example is the gaming industry. Uh, In-game purchases are a massive part of online gaming, and it is key that that this remains as frictionless as possible for consumers, as to avoid interrupting the playing experience while remaining secure. So the industry is leveraging uh, EMV 3DS to do exactly this.
1: Yeah, that's spot on, Bastian. Uh, In fact, the gaming industry stakeholders approached EMV code to request additional specific gaming console device information to be shared with the issuer to enable frictionless authentication experience that the gamers expect. In addition, opportunities were identified to meet the unique user interface requirements for gaming, like reflecting the use of a gaming controller, for example. These enhancements were incorporated into EMV3DS And it's now being used to enable in-game purchases without interrupting the gaming experience.
0: Thank you both for those examples. They're great examples of how EMV 3DS can serve the needs of two very different industries. Bastian, Brian just touched on how 3DS uses predefined information to authenticate a transaction without additional consumer interaction. Can you outline some of the situations in which additional information might be required?
2: Yes, actually, EMV3DS enables the exchange of data between the merchant and the payment card issuer to authenticate the consumer and reduce the risk of fraud. Uh, The the data includes details about the transaction itself, the payment method, and the device information. So the issuer uses this data to evaluate the risk and then the need for a more in-depth authentication. So for some transactions, Uh, Issuer may determine that further authentication is needed, for example, because of an unusual purchase pattern uh, that does not fit with the consumer profile, a high-value monetary transaction, or because it's required by legislation. An obvious example here in in, in the European Union's Payment Service Directive, the PSD2s, strong customer authentication regulations, which are being rolled out across Europe. In these cases, consumers may be prompted to authenticate themselves using a one-time passcode, knowledge-based questions, biometrics, or any other method.
1: Yeah, and I think it's also worth mentioning here what the purpose of this additional authentication information is. For higher risk transactions, it provides an added layer of security to prevent fraud, but in a way that won't slow down the checkout process. In an online world, a slow authentication process, with too many challenges, can be the difference between a purchase or an abandoned checkout. And that's why it's key for merchants to make sure their transaction approval rates are as high as possible.
0: So, looking at regulatory approaches to online fraud, and something that will be of particular interest to our European listeners is whether using EMV3DS is the best way to ensure compliance with strong consumer authentication, SCA, that the PSD2 requires.
1: Well, I mean, let's just clarify that you know we're not the only game in town i mean there are other cases where a proprietary solution can meet the needs of regulations like sca but what amv3ds does is provide a common foundation that can be adapted to address the needs of different marketplaces and regulatory environments while also accommodating issuers and merchants authentication preferences our specifications are available to use on a completely royalty-free basis So instead of spending time and resources on developing our own solutions, doesn't it make sense to leverage what's already available and proven?
0: Okay, so from a more technical standpoint, how does EMV3DS support SCA?
2: Simon at a basic level SCA within the PSD2 mandates the requirement of two-factor authentication for card not present transactions. A customer making a transaction needs to authenticate using two of the three factors, something you know, like a password, something you have, like a device or a chip card, and something that you are, like biometrics verification. So EMV3DS supports strong customer authentication by offering a flexible framework for card not present payment across different payment scenarios, including the transmission of data for the exemption mechanisms. This accommodates to an individual issuer preferences. Different issuers often have their own preferences as to how to authenticate consumers. So it's important that a solution can meet these wide needs to ensure interoperability. FIDES is also recognized by the European Banking Authority, EBA, as a means for merchant and issuers to support SCA. In developing
0: EMV technologies, EMVCO sees it as key to collaborate with other industry bodies, to to engage with across the industry and different stakeholders. Bastien, can you provide a little insight
2: to this work in terms of 3DS? Sure, this is key to our work. So one example of EMVCO collaboration around 3DS um, is its ongoing work with the FIDO Alliance. By using FIDO authentication data uh, in EMV3DS messaging, the e-commerce checkout process can be made frictionless to improve user experiences. It does this by attesting that merchant initiated FIDO authentication has taken place prior to the EMV3DS transactions. So this reduces the need for an issuer to authenticate cardholders for each individual transaction and streamlines the process for issuers, acquirers, merchants, and processors. For the version 2.3 of EMV3DS specifications, EMV has collaborated with the World Wide Web Consortium, W3C, and FIDO to include support for web authentication and SPC, the Secure Payment Confirmation Process, that issuers and merchants can use within the 3DS uh, flow to better determine the legitimacy of a transaction in order to reduce the risk of fraud. It's also worth mentioning uh, our collaboration with uh, W3C on FIDO as part of a dedicated web payment security initiative. Together, our organization are aligning on a vision for online payment security, and we are filling the gaps between existing technical specifications to increase compatibility amongst technologies.
0: Thanks for detailing that collaboration, Bastian. It's great to see and hear about those examples of how we've been working with our industry association partners. Aside from the alignment with other technologies and specifications, does EMV 3DS work with other EMV specifications, Bastian?
2: Oh, yes, of course. And it's very important that EMV specifications can work alongside each other. Uh, For online transactions, the EMV 3DS specifications have been designed to work effectively alongside our EMV secure remote commerce and payment tokenization technologies. If we look at EMV payment tokenization, for example, in the case we discussed earlier where transaction could be considered high risk and the issuer decides that additional authentication information is required, issuers and merchants are of course keen for ways to get this information without adding any extra step and more friction for the consumer during checkout. So using EMV payment token data with EMV 3DS can optimize the authentication process, enabling issuers to better identify the transaction and the consumer and reduce the need for an authentication challenge.
0: Thanks, Bastian And thanks, Brian. And also thanks to Alin from EMV Co's 3DS Working Group for all the contributions to today's episodes. And thank you all for listening to Talking Payments with Bico. To make sure you never miss an episode, don't forget to hit subscribe from wherever you get your podcasts. For more information on any of the topics discussed today, head to emvco.com, where you'll find a range of materials that are freely available. From our website, you can also subscribe to EMV Insights, our educational resource that provides information and updates to support EMV understanding. You can also find us on LinkedIn, Twitter and YouTube. Thanks again for listening. We hope you'll join us again in the future.